to Remembering Your Oneness with Zane Daniel and Monica Kopiek, where we know everything, and so do you. All right, look at that. We have an intro now. Isn't that amazing? I think I was like, my shoulders were moving throughout the whole time. I was like, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> we're so professional now. I'm glad. Just because of that, yeah. That's probably that. one of your one of your best ideas that you've had. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It takes us from just like people that are just throwing something together real fast to being like, oh wow, they put some time into that. They really, <laughs> they really care. <laughs> they really want, want this to be successful or whatever. So I like how that in each episode we're literally adding one extra thing that we do in the podcast. So it's like, oh, well, maybe we should try this and maybe that. And right. it's coming coming together, like how we're getting to know each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Uh, so what are we going to do next week then? I don't know. I guess we'll find out at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to wait, wait a whole hour to figure out what, what comes to our minds. Right. Or, or And we can ask people who are watching to say, hey, you guys should. Oh, right, right. That's a good look at you with all these ideas. I know. Look, I, <laughs> You're on fire. <laughs> I am unstoppable today. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, Zane is asking the viewers if you have a recommendation <laughs> for our podcast, whether yeah. anything that we talk about or what else, Zane? <laughs> yeah. Any, any clever ideas? Like, you know, as podcast watchers if or listeners, I suppose, if you are doing that sort of thing, then there's probably a podcast out there that you're like, oh, I really like this podcast because, you know, thing. And so we can add, maybe we can add thing to ours. So we have a we, oh, man. Look at this. We're already like, hey, what are we talking about? Like, stop talking about your your intro video and your podcast itself. So what's, what is the topic today? The topic is, I made a video, of course, every week, every Thursday, I make a video. And generally, we use that to talk about in some detail. So the video that I did today is all about good versus evil. Does evil exist? Um, and really, that then means you have to ask, does good exist? Because we often just kind of look at look at it one-sidedly and say, well, there's no evil, but there's good. You know, well, wait a minute. <laughs> if that's true, then that's there's something a little bit wrong there because you need that yin and yang or nothing. So that's our topic. Yang, can you call it yang? Yeah, it's pronounced differently. I, you know, I, I've been trying to hear, I've heard multiple people say it differently. Yang is like Americanized, you know, destroyed. It's it's mm -hmm. definitely not yang. Um, I don't think it's ying. And so I think it's yang. I don't think it's yang. It could be yang. <laughs> somebody <laughs> somebody should tell us <laughs> what the heck it is. Well, I, I say yang, but I don't know, but... Yeah, I know. But Yang is definitely wrong. It's just like chakras is wrong. That's not the correct pronunciation. It's chakras. Well, isn't um, isn't what we're just discussing now very similar to good and evil and right and wrong? So I feel like it's uh, the same uh -huh. type yeah. of uh, common denominator here. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Is it is it right and wrong to say that the words right and wrong? <laughs> Yeah, no. I, I, yeah, because I'm polar, so I feel like a lot of the things I enunciate are very like 
very terrible, but I don't necessarily think I'm wrong. It's just the way that I see a word and try to pronounce it the way I want to. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter, but at the same time, there's like, mm, I don't know, when you say a different hmm, a, a, a word from another language, there's like an honoring that I at least try to do. Like I want to honor the the origin or the origin of the word rather than just go, I'm American and I can just pronounce it any way I want to, right? I want to be able to get a little bit more like uh, 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 <laughs> integrity, <laughs> integrity from that. So here, so Lily says, Yang, the ah, uh, Yang. So Lily knows. Yin and yang. So that's the way that you first said it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think I'm right. Okay. okay. So let's talk about your video today because I did watch it and I'm curious to, you know, your videos are pretty short. So I feel like you have much more to say about your topics. Yeah. They, yeah. They usually are. They're like, well, 20 minutes. That was kind of a longer one, but. Uh, it, it definitely flowed really easy for me. And I know that I was doing a little bit of channeling during it. I, I actually kind of took a slightly different approach to even doing the video. I was a little bit more, you know, before I was very announcery when I would talk. And so this time I was trying to just be a little bit more grounded and a little bit less show. And, and actually what I found was that it came through better. Like the, the information came through really easy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so the basic the basic idea here is, like I said at the beginning of the video, we have grown up with the idea that evil is clear and good is clear. And we're shown movies and TV shows, kids shows, you know, all that. There's always the sinister villain and there's the, the good, you know, hearted whoever hero or heroine. So, um, so the, the idea is that actually maybe that's not so, so true. Right. Maybe that's just an idealized view of good versus evil. It's very much so. And so now we have to look at it. And there's so many different ways to look at this issue or this concept is to look at it like I did at the beginning through uh, nature and the way that an animal comes and kills another animal to eat. Um, and so it was interesting because another person watched that video and chatted with me privately and she was she was like traumatized because she saw some video on the internet where mm. like a leopard got into a person's house, like oh. maybe through a doggy door or something like that. And like, and they, and the video showed the leopard brutally killing their, the family dog and, you know, blood spraying everywhere in this horrible scene. And she was talking about how she was completely uh, traumatized and, and it's taken her weeks I mean, she was traumatized every single day, multiple times a day. She would think of this moment and feel horrible for the dog and for the situation. And she and she's a very high vibrational being. This is not, mm -hmm. you know, somebody that's just just off the street. Right. Like she's been studying all this stuff for a long time. She's really into unconditional love for all and all that. And mm -hmm. so it was a very challenging experience for her. And I can totally get it. I think if I would have seen the video, I would have felt the same way. I'm I'm not immune to the to the brutality. And again, we can look at why would we respond in that way to something like that happening? We would mm -hmm. respond in that way because that means likely we are surrounded by danger. Like if if mm -hmm. we watch something or someone be brutally murdered right in front of us, 
we are probably in danger as well. And so we should have the full spectrum of response to that so that we can fight or flight. So it totally makes sense that we would have that. And it, and we can't just always be this peaceful, perfect being all the time that we think that we're trying to be when we say that we are becoming enlightened or that we are moving toward an enlightened mindset. We are still a human and by those things. I also feel that, you know, because she was she was getting such a huge impact from that video. I feel like it could just be like past trauma that she's still working through. Maybe in a past life, she like felt she, she experienced that, or maybe she was that Jaguar and that energy is like coming through her, or maybe she was a dog in that situation, um, you know, sure. or vice versa. So I feel like she was pulled to watch that because she could have totally easily exit out of that video and not watch it and not have experienced that. But there was something within her that was, that was, that was telling her, Oh, keep watching this. And now she has this new, new, um, new feeling inside of her that's coming out, but it's only going to make her stronger for the next event that she's going to go through. Maybe she won't react as much, or maybe she'll offer forgiveness when she's watching a video like this, or she won't play the, the, the victim role of like, Oh, like I can't, you know, the whole victim role of of, of perceiving it as, as an evil thing or as a good thing, because I mean, technically like the Jaguar had to, had to eat. So, you know, it was a, it's a, for him, it's perceived as a good thing, but for the family, it's kind of evil because it's their pet, it's their dog. So it's like there's still the whole like duality thing, or good and evil, mm-hmm. depending yeah. on the depending on the perceiver. Right, for sure, absolutely, yeah. That's a lot of what that that video is about too, and and it's interesting because you were talking about uh, that she was compelled to watch it, right? Like she could have turned it off, but instead she continued to watch it. And one of the reasons that we do that is the same reason that people watch the news because Mm. they're here to see what's wrong. (laughs) They're here to see what's screwed up with the world. And why do we do that? It's because we are trying to figure out how to navigate this, this world. And, Mm -hmm. and again, we are dominated by fear as our primary emotion. And so the, the, the news totally plays into that. So we watch the, the events that are unfolding and we go, oh my gosh, if that happened to me, this is what I would do. And so it gives the mind an opportunity to play through the scenario, which is a survival tactic. And, and then once we play through the scenario, then we go, okay, so now I feel a little bit safer in this weird screwed up way if that situation were to ever happen. Yeah. But also I feel like if a situation comes up, there's still, there's still a different reaction that can happen, you know, because you can prepare yourself as much. I mean, there's even those, those different techniques that you can do with meditation. Like you can meditate as you want in a room for hours and hours or years, but when time comes, when you have to, you know, make a decision or make a judgment, you could learn so much more from that decision or that action versus sitting in a room for years meditating. So it's like sometimes if we see something hurtful or something, I guess, quote unquote evil, it's actually helping us spiritually because it's helping us decipher, is this really evil or am I just supposed to learn something about it to help me grow? Right. Absolutely. And, you know, this question comes in and I think it's similar to the question you have with me all the time. Because, yes, fear is our human primary dominant emotion. 
before we go into opportunities to transcend it. It is the one that it is the most common. Uh, really, if you think about our society, it is all based on fear. Every decision that our society makes, every decision that that we've made for centuries is all about safety and being safe. Safety first, right? Like it just goes on and on. We're very, we're very fear-based, but that doesn't mean that we can't transcend it. It just means that that is the default. So when something horrific happens or, or we're watching the news and something bad is happening, then we, we move into that fear state, which is one of the reasons I don't watch the news very much because as, as, as enlightened as I am, I still experience that sort of fear-based response to those sorts of things. And I have to go, wait a minute, what am I doing? Like, uh, this isn't that important. This isn't going to hurt me. Um, and then I have to kind of recycle through the facts about metaphysics and about who we are as a, a, that we are all one and, and all that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, fear is also like engraved to us from school. Like they give us rules or they tell you, you don't, can't fail. And then you feel guilty if you, if you are failing or you think, or you like there's a self-sabotage that happens through fear and that only creates you perceiving things as evil more in a way. And it's hard right. to see the good in things because you're already told that you're a failure or that you're not doing the, the right societal thing. Absolutely. Um, I know like even when I was younger, when I was growing up, like I was told to get straight A's and I was like, um, you know, rewarded when I got those good grades. So like I had this fear of like, oh, if I get a B or a C, I'm I'm going to get like whipped. I'm going to get like, you know, in trouble. And so it forced me to be a better student. However, school didn't really end up being my path. So like the good grades only kind of trained me to be perceptive of like, okay, do this good thing. And then I'm going to get rewarded. So it's uh -huh. kind of like a weird way of being controlled. Yeah. But, but it also taught you some discipline as well, probably like, okay, if I do the thing, if I, if I commit myself to my painting, like what you're doing now, then you're going to have better results from it. Now that this isn't a good evil sort of thing, but it's a, it's a positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement thing that we're talking about right now. And we are so used to using both of those when we're dealing with children and dogs and anything that we're trying to train. That is a very classic approach. So, you know, and and if you think about it, we receive pain when we touch the fire or we or we get cut. And that's a negative reinforcement. Don't touch the fire, dummy. You know, that's not going to go very well for you. So that positive negative reinforcement works for us at a very base level. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the good versus evil thing. Now, when we remember our oneness, then we, we move into a place of knowing that we are all the same being and we are currently in a separation experience. So we have split ourselves up into being each and every one of the people that are listening right now and you and I and all the rest of the people and all the rest of the animals and all the rest of the rocks and the trees and the everything, right? We've split ourselves up into these infinitesimally large numbers of individual things so that we can have these experiences. And there's a huge contrast and a huge difference between these experiences as individuals versus the oneness experience. 
And so the, the, the point is that from the individual experience, good and evil feels very real. But from the we are all the same being experience, then good and evil doesn't really exist at all. How could we be evil to ourselves? How could we be good to ourselves? We can choose to have, you know, experiences that the individual separated being feels is good or bad. But overall, from our perspective of oneness, then every experience just is an experience. And it's an experience we've chosen to experience so that we can have that experience and so that we can grow and expand and learn from it and all of that. Mm-hmm. So then what do you feel that the concept of good and evil essentially is in a way? Yeah, I think, again, it is from the perspective of the individual. So, you know, we look at, again, the the animal attacking another animal and eating it. We don't look at that attacking animal as evil. However, we would look at it as evil if, if it was just killing for killing's sake, right? If there was no evolutionary reason, if there was no benefit other than this, we, this satisfaction, like this bloodthirst satisfaction. Now we start to say, well, isn't that evil because it's not necessary? It's unnecessary. And then we bring in the human mind and the human mind does these things for those sorts of reasons, just for bloodthirsty satisfaction for, and maybe it's a dopamine hit for, for a murderer. Maybe it's a, it's a serotonin hit for, for a murderer. And so just like uh, a serotonin hit from getting a like on your Facebook message or getting uh, some sort of basic like text message from a friend or, or, or drinking alcohol, they all come in this with the same reward system, which is this basic brain chemical system that we plug into all the time. And the reason we become addicted to things is because we are addicted to that brain chemical release. So now if you look at it from that way, then, then it doesn't feel evil. It's this just them pursuing pleasure or maybe avoiding pain because maybe they're suffering in some way. And so they feel like they can not experience that much pain anymore if they cause harm to others. I know it's very backwards and strange, mm-hmm. but but I believe that that's highly possible that that's what's going on. Yeah. So it's more of like how you use what you do, which will then determine the good or the evil side of it per se. Or it's mainly just the the other person because the person that's, say, the murderer might not find it to be an evil thing because they're just seeking out pleasure. Correct. Is that what you think? Yeah, that's one of the angles. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that we can look at it, but that's one very highly likely angle. And, and if you think about most of human, well, all human behaviors, all everybody's trying to do is pursue pleasure and avoid pain. Pleasure might come in this in the feeling of safety or satiation or sexual pleasure or alcohol or whatever. Um, and then and then pain is avoidance of feeling like an idiot, um, of being ridiculed, of being judged, of of uh, starving to death. Like there's so many different things. And mm-hmm. these are these that's what makes up our desires. And everybody's desires uh, are different. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of overlap, but but each individual separated from oneness as being <laughs> has different desires and different, um, you know, pleasures that they're pursuing and different pain that they're avoiding. 
And mm-hmm. so if we judge, oh, the types of pleasures that you're pursuing are incorrect or the types of pain that you're trying to avoid are incorrect, then we are acting as a separated being because we, when we are the oneness, then we can we do not look at it that way. We do not say, well, that shouldn't happen. <laughs> well, it's me. It's doing it, right? Like that doesn't even make any sense. It's just what I've chosen in this, this particular individual has chosen as part of me. So that's valid and, and great. Let's see what happens now. Mm-hmm. So we just got a nice um, comment. I guess anyone that's listening in, if you want to write about yeah. how, you, how you perceive evil and good, um, cause this is a really nice example of that. Mm-hmm. And Rita, Henrietta said, Henrietta. Yeah, Henrietta. She said, evil could be any selfish action, really, something that serves that one person versus the oneness of us all, stealing, lying, manipulation, etc. Et sure. So, would we consider that the lion killing the wildebeest is that a selfish act, or is that a is that a uh, oneness of all act? Sorry, say it again. Would the would the lion killing the wildebeest would that be a selfish act on the lion's part, or would that be a oneness act? I still think it's a oneness act because Why? it's Why? it's just his it's just his food. Um, I feel like it's just an ego part that would perceive it as an as as evil because it's like, Oh, or like someone who is like say vegan or something like that because they're anti anti this or that. So they think it's evil, but I also feel like they're it, that person is just missing the oneness aspect of it because it's just, it's just how, like you said, it's evolution. It's just the way how we, how animals evolve. They have to eat something in order to, to grow. You can't just change the way that they eat by t- training it to be like, Hey, you got to eat plants now because that's all you got to do. But then it's going to change how the next Jaguar is going to grow or the next, or how they're going to act or how they're going to, you know, yeah, they're not going to be able to survive because they're evolved to be eating meat only. So, you know, it, it's like feeding a cat a vegan diet. The cat is going to be miserable for the rest of its life. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily work in the same way. So so then you go into, OK, is it like the rights of others then? Because it's not just necessarily a selfish act, but it, but if you're violating the rights of someone else now, OK, is that is that evil? I I don't know. I I honestly don't, I feel like I can't really answer this because I, I perceive it. I don't really, not that I don't care for evil, but it's just that I'm not attached to defining something as if it is evil. It's just accepting as it is versus saying like, oh, that's wrong. Like that whole right. like wrong, wrongness factor. So in a way, like as a human, like, yeah, sure, that can be evil, but me personally, um, I would just forgive what I see that I don't necessarily think fe- makes me feel good. I'll forgive it because it's something that is still within my subconscious pattern that I'm still learning from and learning to accept in order to return to my source in a way. Because yeah. your source is not going to tell you like, hey, you did your human life wrong. So go back and try again. They're going to be like, okay, so let's, let's have you volunteer to be another human or another animal. And let's have you learn some more lessons until you really realize what source source is or what source means. 
mm. or feels like per se. Right. Um, I mean, we've done like psychedelics a lot. So like we understand what source kind of feels like. And obviously it's scary, but it's not evil to do psychedelics to, uh. to get to that spot. Cause some people perceive psychedelics as like an evil thing, or it's not like a, you know, it's not a natural way to attain enlightenment, mm. but it's a tool that can help you to, get there just like maybe if someone did murder someone maybe that was their tool in order to change down the line in the future or that was their lesson um during that time or maybe you hit your wife or maybe you did something to your husband that doesn't make you evil that just makes makes you grow as a person and understand yourself as a whole instead of being attached to like, Oh my God, I'm so evil or I'm just a bad person. It's just learning to step out of that mindset and you need to have that evil in order to become aware of it. So you're talking all about judgment throughout, throughout that whole thing. All uh, it was great because it was all about that. And judgment is <laughs> the creation of evil. You need judgment in order to have evil. Uh, because if you don't judge the action, then it's just simply an action. <laughs> so maybe judgment is evil. That's kind of funny. I hadn't really meant to, to walk into that, <laughs> but, but it's kind of cool. So, so if, if we, if we look at it, like I, I often talk about the evil CEO, right? Like the Monsanto or something like that. Somebody who's out there really doing horrible things to quote unquote innocent people. And if we look at it from the selfish perspective, wow, does it look selfish? It is, it is manipulating all the rules and it's doing these, you know, dastardly things to, to others just to further the, the, the stock price or whatever that they're trying to do. But you have to step back and realize that the rules are set up to reward all the behaviors that a Monsanto or evil CEO of, of a company is doing. And if that individual, that CEO, does not follow those rules, does not hire lobbyists to manipulate Congress, does not do um, have patents to take advantage of people, of other people, and make money off of that then they will be fired as CEO. It is a requirement for the job because of the system that is in place. And the system that is in place is based on selfishness. Capitalism is based on selfishness. It is based on a fear concept that we are in a constant state of thinking that we're going to die or be on the street. And so we have to make money for ourselves. It's, it's uh, from Darwin's uh, origin of species. It's every man or every animal for themselves. That is, that is a huge sentence. That is a huge statement. And it is the foundation upon which we have built the society. And as a result, we are, we are incentivized to be selfish. We receive, um, a, a, a point system every time we're more selfish, right? The more selfish we are, the more points we get. And the more points we get, the further away we are from being on the street, the further away we are from suffering, supposedly, right? And so then you have a family. You have a family that is yours to protect. And so that isn't a selfish act based on the family, the individuals, but it's a selfish act because my family comes first. My family become, comes before your family. And if you watch any movies or TV shows or whatever that are about the post-apocalyptic world, 
All mm-hmm. ethics go out the window because now it is you against everyone else. So people murder other roving bands of people to protect their particular group, their little family, their particular family group. And it's totally okay. We don't look at that with an ethical problem at all. We look at it like, well, yeah, they had to do that in order to survive. So you give it a pass. So the, you know, the problem is that this world, this earth is based on survival. And it is based on the fact that in order for us to acquire energy, we can't just stand in the sun and get it. We have to destroy things in order to get energy. We have to take the plant and rip it out of the ground and eat it, or we have to kill an animal and eat it. There is no, I mean, there is no really other way to, to receive sustenance except to destroy. And so when we have a very base concept like that going on, then we're doing all kinds of horrible things to each other in order to survive through selfish acts. So if that, if we were to step all the way back to that, we should say, well, then everything that happens on earth is evil because it's all selfish and it's all based on that concept of survival. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I mean, it's either selfish or it's also revenge. That's the motive. Um, At least some, most of the shows that I'm watching are very similar to what you just said, that it's all based on survival where, you know, there's wars or it's about revenge, getting, getting back at someone. And I think I've been watching a few and I'm, I'm like, I get tired of them because it's the same thing that happens. And it's crazy how they become viral because that's what people are looking for because they give them that pass. It's like, okay, well, they're just doing it to survive. Let's keep watching to see what more happens. And it's like, it's either more killing or more, more acts of, of, kind of like being selfish in a way just mm-hmm. so your family can dominate the tribe or can dominate you know the city right type of thing yeah it's a lower vibrational attraction if if you are into um revenge then that i mean gosh that's got to be a super low vibrational emotion i don't even think it's on my the the um map of consciousness by david r hawkins i i don't think revenge is even on there uh and so i really haven't put a lot of thought or channeling into revenge so now i really want to <laughs> see and see what i come up with because it's so i i've never felt much of a of a of an attraction to that okay and i had to adjust my sentence there because i said i've never felt and then i went much <laughs> okay, well, well i guess i have felt that before and so what's the situation that I felt that way? Yeah, you're wronged and and you want the person who wronged you to fail so that it's, a, oh, it's kind of a self-esteem thing. What are you going to say? It's like, so like you want them to fail so that you can make yourself feel better because they were wrong about you. Right. That's still like the, it's still a duality. duality. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a self-esteem thing is what I was starting to say there, because mm-hmm. you you want somebody else to verify that you aren't as uh, uh, as terrible as you might think you are. And that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of times with low self-esteem, we're constantly going, I'm no good. I'm not good enough. And then when somebody else proves it by wronging you, then you go, oh, gosh, I wasn't good enough because they fired me or they didn't accept me or they hurt me or whatever, then 
now you've got you know your whole experience or, or i'm sorry your whole self-judgment is at stake and when your self-judgment is at stake then that that is getting down to like another survival kind of scenario as as it always does right if you are singled out in the tribe as being lesser then in you're going to be driven from the tribe <laughs> you're going to you know uh see the tribe fail or see the tribe betray you because they think that you're going to be harmful to them so it does all come back to that like proving of self in order to survive so that you can further the species and so on and so forth it's, it's again it's just a very 3d mindset yeah maria just made a comment that kind of ties it together oh yeah I to make someone understand how much they hurt you. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially like you wanting to prove yourself that they, that they're wrong. Right. And in a way of like, understand, it's just an understanding or it's a lack of understanding too, because that person, it's all part of your third chakra. If anyone is wondering what all this is about, you just need to work on your third chakra. If you're having some self low self esteem or just like not having that much of a will or power to, to, to empower yourself through your own gifts versus receiving the validation from other people. Because if that character in the movie or in real life didn't want to seek out revenge, they would just work on themselves internally. They wouldn't, they would just brush away that comment or that action that that other person did and then just strengthen themselves and move forward from it. But instead the whole revenge concept comes up with like, going back and forth because once one person makes a revenge then that other person's going to want to go. And it's just like a, right. Like a endless cycle thing. Yeah. Um, so what Mar Maria is saying here too, is that she is essentially, or we are essentially um, demanding empathy. So we're saying, I want you to be empathetic to how I feel. So now, you know, we, we enter into to another judgment state. We, we are judging you. If you do not feel empathy for me, then, you know, consequences, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And, and it's the same thing as sorry. I won't, uh, I won't forgive you until you say that you're sorry. Okay. So what's sorry mean to say that you're sorry is essentially saying, uh, because I did that thing to you, I feel bad. So demanding that somebody else apologizes to you is essentially wanting them to feel shitty, <laughs> wanting them to feel bad. So, and that of course is, is the opposite of enlightenment, <laughs> right? You don't want to make other people feel bad, even if you felt bad, sorry, but that is your experience and it's uniquely yours. And whether you deserve to feel bad because of what they did to you or not, um, you can choose to do whatever you want. That's wonderful and beautiful. But but saying that, hey, I want you to feel bad because of what you did is is demanding lower vibrational emotions be felt by someone else. And if mm -hmm. you're doing that, then you're not in the enlightened state that maybe you'd like to be. Yeah. One of my pet peeves is actually when people say sorry for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. OK. Why? What's the what's going on in your head there? I don't know. Like, well, I'll, I'll have like random friends that always just like, just say, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like they're just very apologetic, but it's like something that they didn't even do wrong. So it's very fascinating how, how some people just get triggered that they need to apologize versus just like, if you apologize, that means you're probably 
shouldn't do it again. But if you keep doing it, then you should just stop saying sorry because <laughs> it's a habit that, that you just need to work on. <laughs> right. But that's, you know, yeah, you're stepping into judgment a little bit on that because, you know, who cares in a way at the same time, they're saying sorry because they're hurting all the time. So they're doing something that, that is causing themselves pain. And so now they're in this endless loop of causing themselves pain. So I don't need anybody to say sorry to me because I don't want anybody to feel bad about whatever they've done. And this, you know, this can really go sideways here, this conversation, because, it, you know, I'm, I'm the type that my, if, if a friend betrays me or whatever, mm-hmm. instead of getting upset about that, I, I think, okay, well, what was the situation that caused them to do that betrayal act in the yeah. first place? And pff, fine, you know, it's not a big deal at all. As long as what you're doing is great for you, then don't worry about me. I, I, don't, I don't have any issue with this betrayal because it's probably what you needed to do. <laughs> and if you're happier as a result, then go for it. Mm. It's interesting how, I mean, I guess how, I guess evil has a bunch of different branches or it just has so many subtopics that you can really go into. Cause I think evil is just, it's just another word, just a random word. Cause like we we're putting meanings into words, but, the, but realistically they're kind of just all mean the same thing. Yeah. You're smiling. Why are you smiling? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm waiting for more. Cause I, I, I think this is a very interesting uh, take, but I don't totally understand yet. So it, all words mean the same thing. What do you mean? Like we put meanings into words, but really there's, why are we creating more words when, I don't know, I guess it's just like a weird little rant. And I would argue that you're smiling and I'm like, why are you grinning? Yeah. <laughs> I would actually argue that we don't have enough words and and that we we have to put all this meaning into uh, one word. And and especially when it comes to spiritual concepts, the Western language does not have a lot of words available to it to describe some of the things that we're reaching, stepping and, and walking into in this, in, in this like um, new age. So I feel like we need to create more words or we have to start using Sanskrit words. or We, we have to do something because we're really struggling to have good communications about these sorts of things. And the part of the major limitation is the language that we're using. Yeah, I mean, whenever we talk offline, like you're always using these words that I've never even heard of. So <laughs> probably why it goes into concept of like, we need more words. So you're probably like testing my vocabulary. Like, I bet Monica doesn't know this word. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it just works out that way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have have a comment. Let's see what that one is. Which one? Per? Per, yeah. Every word means the same thing, yes. So why bother talking? Good point. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I mean. (laughs) Right. Let's go into the the collective consciousness and communicate with everyone that way, which we are doing more and more. And and we're seeing lots of big changes as a result of of our collective consciousness. I mean, when you were on your ayahuasca trip, like – it didn't feel like we were saying words. It was just like a feeling and a knowing, you know, like you weren't like 
because I was like an energy field. So it's not like I could see myself saying these words. It was just more of like a, like a feeling type of thing. But obviously as humans, you have to communicate with words or, you know, if you, you're deaf or something, you sign, you sign, you sign language, all of these things. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, mine was all about words. So <laughs> the, the beings that came to me were speaking to me. They were full sentences and words were very important, especially the word greed, for instance, like that was a major one that came through when I was trying to understand our, you know, my place in society and what I was doing and why it wasn't being successful. And I was like, why is my real estate like not going very well? And they said, greed. And I was like, what? You know, like I didn't even understand what they meant. So, so the word, the word choice was super important in that, especially that very first ayahuasca experience. It's interesting. We're like two different people. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's amazing. (laughs) I think, I think that that's probably why it works so well. I prefer not to talk. You prefer to talk. This, this works out great. I'll just listen. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Wait a minute. Why are you on a podcast? If you don't like to talk, what's going on here? I I mean, the original plan was for me to just ask you questions. And- okay. All right. Yeah, that's true. And you do that quite a bit, actually. But I like hearing your thoughts, too, because you are your own unique, separated being from oneness. And so we want to hear all that, all those perspectives as well. Mm-hmm. It just so, just so happens that, you know, <laughs> sometimes I, I like to say things, too. So good and evil. (laughs) (laughs) Transitioning off topic back to our topic. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So if you want to move from a three dimensional mindset to a fifth dimensional mindset, then you do have to start to find a way to look at life as, as everything just is rather than being angry at something that wrong that happened or upset that this person uh, wronged you or, or that sort of thing. You have to move into forgiveness. Like you started to talk about at one point, how important that is because that is that state of at least neutral vibration. If you want to, if you go into this, the, this is evil, this is bad, this is a problem. Then you move into frustration and anger and fear and, you know, disappointment and all that stuff, which is only going to hold you back. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, moving into that at least neutral or acceptance, acceptance is a perfect one because it is acknowledging everything that's happening in this world, no matter how crazy it is or how screwed up it is, you're in a state of acceptance for it. And so now you are in a, also in a state of observation so that's what I talked about too in that video is we are observe the best way to do all of this is to just observe the insanity that goes on all around us and to try not to tie so closely into that and make it and attach ourselves to a particular result. So, you know, I use as the example, the assault on the Capitol a couple of weeks ago and how we could easily look at that and judge it and say, these people are crazy and why do they do that? And this is, you know, ridiculous. And why did that person get shot and all these things and like get really wrapped up in all of that rather than just look at it as, huh, this is just another situation that is moving us toward an enlightened fifth dimensional society. 
And if we look at it like, oh, the, 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 the people that were involved are screwing everything up and they're ruining our process and our progress and all of that, then that is, is your judgment of the situation. And it is a not allowing for all the amazing potential that could come as a result of that and all the other things that are happening all the time. Yeah, interesting. So um, just tying back to like the spiritualness of it, um, so as I know you just kind of started your spiritual awakening not that long ago. Was it 10 years or shorter? Oh, uh, it was 2013 that I had that first ayahuasca experience. Yeah. So before that, um, did you did you analyze good and evil a little bit differently than how you perceive it now? Oh, most certainly. Yeah, I was I, I was tied into it very similarly to the population. And I definitely, you know, a third D, a 3D perspective, I, I definitely rooted for particular politicians to win and other ones to lose. I rooted for there to be some sort of an amazing change that could, would come across the the population because all the dumb things that we were doing and all the destruction and all of that stuff. And so I was very tied into those results and, or, or wishing for those results. And so I, I was dominantly in a lower vibrational um, uh, frequency for sure. Yeah. I remember when I was little, just uh, cause I grew up Catholic, we would always go to church and the priest would always tell us, like, you know, that we should give them more money and try to make us feel guilty and or he would describe like what things are evil and what things are good. And I always was just sitting and observing. And I was like, oh, I don't really like what he's saying. I don't feel like there's like much of a truth to it. And I remember it was just like I think it was just like my intuition that was starting to like develop or like wanting me to get out of that environment and dis discover my own truth or my own evil to figure out what I figure out my own opinion per se. So mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of these, a lot of the whole good and evil thing is just people telling you and right. giving you your opinion versus you developing your opinion first. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what blocks our intuition or blocks our um, creativity or even just like our purpose or to develop more into or evolve more as, as our conscious being in this, in this form. Because someone might tell you like, oh, like it's not good to to be an artist, but right. being a lawyer is so much better. You'll provide more for your family. But realistically, like that's not what your heart wants or it's not what you're what you're desiring. Yeah. So it's like you're from a young age, you could be bombarded with telling what's good, what's good or bad or what's good or evil. And you'll never really get to discover yourself. Right. Absolutely. Maybe like you have your spiritual waking down the line or down the many years um, that will help wake you up to have everything tied together. Yeah, I was absolutely um, a slave to the matrix in all of its forms before my awakening. And, and I listened to the news, whatever the news said was real, whatever their, their, their angle on it was, was the correct angle. Uh, whatever society's general opinion was, I was completely like, yep, that sounds right to me. So I, it was very interesting to like break out of that. And I really think that the first time I started to break out of it was after 9-11 and mm -hmm. it just didn't, it wasn't adding up and it wasn't adding up. And I just was like, ah, oh, man, the, how did the news know that it was uh, Osama bin Laden, like 
five minutes after the planes crashed into it, it was like, wait a minute, that seems awful fast. At the moment, I was happy because it made me feel safe, right? It's, again, that whole idea of if you know who your enemy is, then you feel a lot better than if you don't know who your enemy is. So I, I, I w- was following right along with all of that until finally I started to go, gosh, this is, this is really too perfect. (laughs) And, and then I began to question the narrative and, and, and really I watched as society started to fall apart (laughs) as I continued to question that. Yeah. And then what, two, two years or no, that was in 2001, right? Yeah. never mind. So that was a while ago, but still like your intuition was, was coming through. It was starting to, starting to wake up. It was starting to tell you like, Hey, um, you know, look at this in a different perspective or try to find like the loophole in it. And it's interesting how your intuition will come in different stages or in different, different parts of your life after seeing something evil, because obviously that was pretty evil with whoever did it. Um, but it's like your intuition is just like, oh, wait, there's something a little bit off about this. So I feel like that evilness, like we need to see because it's going to help awaken a part of us to remember our truth. Just like with that jaguar eating the dog, like the your friend that was watching it, like it helped awaken something in inside of her. Mm-hmm. So like, obviously, yeah, it's terrible to see these traumatic mm-hmm. like events, but there is some sort of good in them that will help us in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how you can look at absolutely every experience that you have. One of the things that I teach my class on uh, for people removing negative entity attachments is I teach them, of course, to do gratitude practice. But there's another uh, step in the gratitude practice that after we get a few weeks in, I have them go ahead and report why, uh, uh, why they're grateful for something bad that happened in their life because mm-hmm. we get into these thought patterns that bad is bad and good is good and, and if it's bad then there's no redeeming quality to it and if it's bad right now then i am miserable right now and it and it takes years sometimes for people to be able to look back at that bad situation and evaluate it differently and say oh well actually that was a good thing. I broke up with my fiance and it turns out I met someone way better. At the time, it felt freaking terrible and I was, it was so depressed I couldn't even you know go to work anymore. But mm-hmm. now I look back and say, boy, I'm really glad that happened. I'm grateful for that negative experience. And the more that you practice that, then the more negative things that happen to you that you can go, well, wait a minute. I'm grateful for all the other negative things that happened to me in my life. Maybe I'll be grateful for this horrible thing as well at some future point. And I think it's just self-awareness that you're practicing. Cause I know now too, like when I, my last accident that I had, like in the moment, like I was aware of what was happening and I was forgiving myself in the moment or calling in all my angels and guides. And it's like, if I hadn't had learned that in the past, then I would have not been able to maybe stop the the bleeding that I was having or stop the, the injury from getting worse and worse. So right. it's like all of, all of, the so-called evil things are just helping to strengthen you as a person and your character and, and yourself. I mean, it might take some time to, to get past that, but eventually, eventually it will just help. Right. Yeah. And so 
And, and so when we move into a state of judgment over this thing is bad or this thing is good. Oh, and that's the other thing. We didn't really talk about this very much, but the same thing is true of, of evaluating things that are good. What is good for one person is bad for someone else, very likely. So we, we, when we say, oh, okay, well, is there such a thing as evil? Oh, evil is just judgment and judgment is evil. Uh, well, wait a minute. Good is kind of judgment. Also, you have to be able to judge something in order to determine whether it is good or bad. Yeah. And, and so really, uh, the, the, the purity place, the oneness place is to, again, just observe, to just see everything as, is, as it is and mm-hmm. not pass any judgment on it. Whew, that's really hard for us to do because we're so trained to judge everything that happens to us. That, that yeah. is part of our survival me- mechanisms again. So, uh, mm-hmm. but most people don't think of it in that way. Yeah, it's almost like you have to evaluate the good also because you want to say, why is it good? Like, is it really good for, is it good because your ego said so? Or is it good because it's a wholehearted good? Because it made you embrace your vibration. It made you feel good. I feel like good can also have its amazing branches too. Um, of like, why why do we call something is it good be only for us as a selfish reason or is it good as a societal thing? Is it helping the environment? Because creating a product can be good for you, but it could be terrible for the environment or right. it could be cause, you know, it could cause cancer because there's some sort of chemical in it, but it was good for you because you got all this money from it. Mm-hmm. So it's like that product could also be an evil product because it's doing harm to others, but it's doing good for you. Exactly. So there's <laughs> there's your tongue twister for, for today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's huge. Again, it all comes to the same thing. It comes from the observer and it comes from judgment. So good and evil is judgment. I don't think I like this topic. It's like, I feel like you can just like bounce back and forth of like, oh, well, is it really good? Is it really evil? <laughs> <laughs> I think that makes it amazing. <laughs> I am, I am judging that this topic is good. Did you judge that it was bad? It's evil. <laughs> this topic is evil and you think it's good. Excellent. I'm glad we've come to this amazing conclusion. Well, I guess people can comment if they think this is a good or evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to see that. Do you guys agree that this is a good conversation? Or do you think that it's an evil conversation with Monica? <laughs> you're funny <laughs> and so uh what saturday in two days you're having a fun expo you want to oh yeah yeah we got a big big expo we've got starts at 10 a.m eastern time i think we've got 11 speakers and a musician and it'll be beautiful these amazing some of the amazing speakers like Lori ladd is going to be there uh, geraldina roscoe she's my co-host um, Dean Price, who's this incredible astrologist who went through, who had a stroke. Have I talked to you about this? This no. guy, this guy's amazing. I love, I love his stroke story because to him, he did not have a stroke. He had a spiritual experience. He oh. he, he puts on these events, uh, expo like events, and he puts them on live. And he was at one of these events. He was actually on stage at the time that this began, and there was a there was some sort of an amazing activation that was happening. And so he went into this state where he, you know, like his vision was all changed and everything was bizarre. And he was carrying around 
uh, Archangel Michael's sword, like it was like an energy sword that he could see coming out of his hand, even oh. though he was totally wide awake and everything was normal. And and so he was going around. <laughs> there were people that he was had to collect money from because they, they had tables set up, right? And so he went yeah. to this one lady and he said, hey, I need to get your money. And she said, well, I, I didn't make enough, so I can't pay you. And he was normally very like, you know, okay, you know, just too nice. And in that moment, he like sliced her in half with Archangel, the Archangel Michael's sword. <laughs> and, she, and he said, no, <laughs> pay me or you're never coming back. And, and she had pretty much made her living off of his shows. So she knew she had to pay him. And so she immediately did. And so then there were other people and he was just walking around like sorting them all up because he was fi finally able to just be authentic and be you know and and have self-care and say no you can't just take advantage of me anymore so it was really beautiful and this his story just goes on and on it's insane like one of the uh long-term effects is that he had lost his ability to like do very basic mechanical things so he would go into a, he, he's fully articulate and so he would go into a room and he and there'd be somebody else there and you'd go I don't know how to turn on the light. Can you turn on the light? And they're like, what, oh, you know, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, no, 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 just, could you just do it? <laughs> and so they go on during like, like, Oh, that's how that works. Crazy. And so he had to relearn everything. He, he felt like he was a, a tiny baby in this full grown body trying to understand the basics of the world. So he's just a very entertaining and interesting fellow. And then Dan Winter is a, is a quantum physicist and oh. he has, and he, yeah, when he talks, I'm like, this is amazing. I have no idea what you're saying, but it's fantastic. And, and he has figured out like the, 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 quantum signature of your higher self or something crazy like really interesting stuff. Really cool. yeah he's been doing it for like 30 years uh he has a huge following so we've really got some great speakers <laughs> all of that to say <laughs> we've got a good show i like how when you fully embody your authentic self like so many <laughs> opportunities come up and you just never know like what that is and it's so good or it's so important to just not judge it because you just don't know what what can happen come out right. of it yeah maybe that guy would have said well i'd probably make more money as a lawyer and then he would miss out on this incredible experience and this incredible research that he's provided the world mm -hmm. exactly and it's almost like you just have to drop that judgment about what other people say is say you need to do because your intuition is just going to keep coming out it's gonna keep keep telling you to do different things i mean i even me like painting was something that i never did before in the past and like my intuition was just like start painting start painting and i like ignored it for two years and then now like when i finally surrendered to her, it's just like whoa like look at all these creations that i'm, I'm making and it's making me feel good and right. you know what five years ago i would have not been like oh i want to be a professional painter when i grow up and it's just like, I feel like you just have to drop planning and just really just, just feel each moment and something will come up and just accept, accept if you do see something evil, because there might be something within you that's just going to awaken. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In the comic book, like if, if I hadn't just been like so struck by that idea and I just immediately just hiring artists, let's, let's just do this. I haven't even written anything yet. Like we're, we're doing this thing. And four years later, four and a half years later, we're still working on it. We're almost done. 
Um, and it's been an incredible ride. So yeah, I encourage everybody follow your passions or as Monica would say, follow your intuition and it'll, it'll lead you to some incredible results because if you don't, that means probably you're going down a fear path and you're saying, Oh no, I can't do that. Or I'm not good enough, or I don't have time, or I won't make enough money or whatever the, your excuses are. They're all based on fear. There's a lot of uh, business, um, I guess business advice that I've, I've like read or listened to and, they said that if your product isn't shitty in the beginning and you're not launching it, then you've st- then you've started your business way too 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 late because you should throw out something that isn't completely finished or something that hasn't perfect packaging because um, it's just going to help you get out there. If you're waiting for your perfected product or your perfected packaging or your perfect logo yeah. like you you've started too late you're just missing out on the opportunities that could lead to a different logo or could lead to different colors or right or, yeah. you, you need to throw it out there so that you could pivot too because you could get it wrong right and so you could put all this time and effort into this thing that it doesn't turn out to be all that popular and if you had just done kind of like a half-ass version then you would have discovered really early like oh this isn't that popular people aren't going to like this but this idea they're really going to like and you just make a slight pivot from it and now you create something really beautiful and amazing and all that perfection does eventually come and what i also like is that um or just to go back to like the whole oneness thing is that when people give you ideas, it's really just you in another form, just helping you to elevate yourself. Sure. So like, I, I kind of like social media for that because it feels like I'm just getting more ideas from, from my other selves and just gathering information. And even if it's a negative comment or something, it's just something to grow from or something to take as a grain of salt and, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, maybe apply it. Maybe not. You decide. You get to decide. And you All get right. to decide. <laughs> What's that? And you get to decide. Yeah. And everyone watching and listening gets to decide. And we are, it's already been an hour. So that was, that was great. I had a wonderful time. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, everyone that was listening. Thank you, everyone that was listening. And we'll and see you. Can you can replay, or sorry to, to cut you off, but you can no, replay. No on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So if you don't want to drain your battery too much with Facebook and YouTube, just throw in those apps and you can you can wash the dishes, you can cook and listen to us. Yay. I hope that someone's washing the dishes and cooking right now and listening to us. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. We appreciate it. Yes. Okay. Bye. Well, then we will see everybody next week. Aloha. Bye. See you at the expo.